Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you are listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. Uh, We broadcast uh, all through the week on different uh, media that we have uh, just been blessed to be able to use and share around the country. Boy, I'm telling you what, 8.30 in the morning to 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am in an online class, and that is on TikTok TikTok live every weekday, 8.30 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. And the second half from 9 to 9.30 is a Q&A time. You can ask your questions, and I'll do the best I can to give you biblical answers. And then at noontime, from noon Eastern Standard Time to 1 o'clock weekdays, Monday through Friday, we do the same format. There's a teaching time, and then the second half is a Q&A time. And then our podcasting, which you see right here, you're hearing right here, you're able to enjoy and learn, I hope, you're able to share these things. That is available as we try to get as many out as possible, and I hope you're able to benefit from them. And of course, if you are able to share these with others, please do so. Thank you so much. We talk about heaven. Uh, We leave social issues uh, to others and uh, political issues. Goodness, we give them to people that are much more capable than I am. And so I don't share those things on here. I go right to the teaching about heaven. As a matter of fact, let me just throw one more thing there to you. If uh, you might look at our beginning stages of our new theheaventour.com website. We are building it right now. You can see some places where we're still putting the pages together, but you can go into the questions about heaven page, throw in a keyword on a question you might have about heaven, such as angels or glory or uh, maybe uh, mansions or uh, sin or anything along that line. Put them in and see how many different of the 400 plus videos will come up and contain that answer that we've inserted in there. They're usually just one minute long. Very few are longer than two minutes, but you can benefit from those, and so I encourage you to do so. Now, today what we're going to do is talk about something which is of the utmost importance, and so I'm going to take some time today to share these things with you, and no doubt I'm going to take another uh, time, another podcast, and share some more because I want my uh, Christian friends and those that are not of the faith to understand what this most important word is. Let me explain. If you go to Revelation chapter 21, we know from our talk and our study that Revelation 21 and 22 is known as the East, these two chapters are known as the eternal state, capital E, capital S, the eternal state, and this is the forever destination of the follower of Christ. In coming in salvation to the Lord, we see this through salvation and following Jesus, giving our life, our love, our loyalty, giving all those sins over, and the Lord has taken them to the cross. As we do that, we see that there is salvation in the Christian that is promised, and that is an eternal salvation, one that can never go away. Romans chapter 8 tells us, nothing will separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That John 10 tells us very clearly, starting in verse 27, that Jesus holds us in his hand, and the Father also wraps us in the protective 
uh, custody, eternal uh, security of his hand, and no thing can pluck us out, the believer, out of the Father's hand. In coming to him and giving him all of our life, then we're going to see that this promise comes up, the reality of heaven, and then in the end times, as the present heaven and present earth are then taken down to the smallest element, as very graphically described in 2 Peter chapter 3, then there is a promise of a new dwelling where righteousness dwells, as it says in the same passage there. When we see the reality of this in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, there is a most powerful verse, verse 23, in which it says, on the new earth, See, we'll be walking with God, verse 3 tells us that in Revelation 21, that we, uh, we, we see this wonderful, wonderful promise of walking with the Lord just as Adam and Eve did in the early chapters of Genesis. It's like Eden revisited. When we're there, it gives a, a, a curious description that might seem to be out of line, but has everything to do with everything that's talked about in these two chapters. And it says this, there is no need of the sun or moon, no more sun or moon, no secondary light, because the, write this down now, glory, G-L-O-R-Y, the glory of God will illuminate all of the existence on the new earth. From within the new Jerusalem to around the globe and into the heavens, God's glory will outshine all. Now, this is a wonderful and, and, and a very, very vivid picture. But then the question is, what does it mean by the glory of God? And that's what we're going to talk about today. It is very important for us to understand. As we see through the Bible, somebody says, well, I'm going to fight for the glory of God, or this was done so that God's glory may be shown. What does that mean? I mean, what does it mean when we're talking about the glory of God? Well, we might say, well, that is a shining luminescence, but it's more than just something tangible. It doesn't mean that we're just going to go there and then be hit with a halogen-type light which really stuns us. There's something much deeper here. Let's go to the scripture and take a look at this. It must be something very important because for one thing, the enemy, the satanic realm, doesn't want us to have any access to this knowledge. It tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 that the God of this world, which is another name for Satan himself, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So there's an active battle to keep the realization of the glory of the Godhead away from common man. But on the other hand, among the followers of Yahweh, there is an earnest desire to see God's glory. Think about it. What does Moses say? In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 18, he cries out something which many, many a believer echoes. He says, Lord, show me your glory. Now, when we go over to Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 3, there is a promise from God himself. It says, Yahweh has said before all the people, I will be glorified. This word keeps coming up, and it seems like the pinnacle of the desire of mankind and the ultimate of God's presentation to the people. Okay, well, we're going to take time a little bit in this podcast to kind of touch on the definition. And of course, there is much we can say about this, but let's get an idea. Is this just a shiningness of God's presence? It's much more than that. 
The first way we can do it, I don't want to really use this word, but it'll give you an idea. Let's take a look at the first hint of the power of this word glory. It's going to be found in Psalm 96 and verse 9, when it tells the believer to worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. Now, if you want to get an idea, a glimpse of the edge of God's glory, this is a very, very good verse to see. Psalm 96, 9. See, it doesn't say worship the Lord and keep singing hymns till you get exhausted. It doesn't say raise your hands until you can't raise them anymore. It doesn't say march on a pilgrimage. It doesn't mean stay in a century-long sanctuary. It says something very intimate here. Worship the Lord how? Not in volume, not in number. Those things might be part of it. But what's the primary thing here? In the beauty of his holiness. Well, that's a wonderful phrase, but let's back up. What does holiness mean? Now, the easiest way I can tell you is if you would remember this. Whenever we talk about somebody should be holy, and the Lord says, be ye holy, for I am holy, and we see this term, and let's just not leave it on a a churchy term, on an ecclesiastical level. What this really means is sacred separateness. Sacred separateness. Now, there was an old song that I remember from years back, and I don't know who, who had invented it, writ, had, had written it, uh, anything, but I like it. And it's very simple. And the song, and I'm not, definitely not going to sing it to you or you'll turn off the podcast, but I'll tell you what the words were. And it went something along this line. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. The things I used to do, I don't do anymore. It's been a great day since I've been born again. The things I used to say, I don't say anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say anymore. It's been a great day since I've been born again. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. It goes along like that. And would have a rollicking time singing that, and it brought up a very, very good point. When we came to Christ, we went away from our old life. That's what's known as repentance. Well, that's part of sacred separateness. We're away from that, okay? We are in the world. We don't have to be of the world. And the Bible tells us that there are these different attacks on us, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, as it says in the epistles of John. Those things are going to try to pull us into the world, but we stay away from it, and that's part of holiness. We can be that way. God is ultimately holy. He is not part of man's limitations, and he is no part of sin. He is completely holy. And that starts us off to understand he is different. We're going to see an experience, according to the promise in Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 3, we're going to see and understand God's, first of all, his holiness. But it also avalanches into a number uh, along with that. Uh, it, It blankets, the holiness blankets all of his attributes. In other words, we say God is just. But always remember, his just is holy justice. God is sovereign, and that's a holy sovereignty it can't be compared to anything here on earth. In all of this, we don't say, we don't add holiness to it. We blanket it and saturate those other attributes with holiness. And I want you to think about this and just, just uh, and this gives you an idea of glory and what it would be. Now think about it. We talk about his omnipotence. Psalm 53 and verse 6 tells us of his all-powerfulness, and that is holy. It, he can do whatever he wants, but he will be holy in his actions. Well, that lets us know this is not what man would do. This indeed is God's glory. 
He's showing us his wonder, and it is a wondrous thing. We see that he's totally self-sufficient in James chapter 5 and verse 26, that he does not need anyone or anything. He's sufficient, and he's holy in that. And the things that he does, and in his self-sufficiency, he is separate from anything that man could try to limit him on in that holiness. And we see that's also something that gives us an idea that this God is above and beyond us. Then we also see that he is, here's a fancy word, but it is a very important one. He is immutable. Immutable means he doesn't change. He will not change your mind. I mean, I think of uh, Romans chapter 11 and verse 29, when it says that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. That's what one translation says. Another translation says the same verse, that God's gift and his calling are irrevocable. He does not change. He does not revoke that uh, promise. And that's immutability. He does not change. As it says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6, it tells you right out, I do not change. And we think of his wisdom, the all-wise God. And in that, that's one of his attributes, a sacred, holy attribute. Romans chapter 11 and verse 33 tells us that. Okay, now we're putting all of these together, rolling them up into one gigantic and putting them into a sacred vault as one. And I have hardly even started on the many wonderful attributes. But when you see this, it's more than he is just holy. It's more than he is just uh, self-sufficient. He is just wise. It's in this holiness. You're putting these together. You're welding these together supernaturally. Think about it. He is faithful. He's always true. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Think about that. That's a part that uh, peels back one part and we understand his glory. And he's also good. What he does is good. He tells Job, I can do anything I want because I'm sovereign, but what I will do is I will be good, and I will act in goodness. Psalm 34, verse 8 tells us, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Are you getting the idea? When you see all of these different attributes, when you combine them into one miraculous oneness, that is the triune God. That's God in his glory. Now, can we see God's goodness here and there? Yeah, but you know, the sin kind of man uh, the, the sin of mankind, I'm sorry, the sin of mankind will block it sometimes. Just when we get to see the wonder of the Lord, and then uh, uh, somebody will do something to try to chop that down. Or just when we want to see the glory of the Lord, our own self gets in the way, such as Paul gets so frustrated about himself. And he says in Romans chapter 7, the good that I want to do, I don't do. And the bad that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And he gets so frustrated because it blocks him from the full power of the Lord and seeing that God is uh, as great as he is. Think about it. God does not just contain love or hand out love. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. Get the idea. We're pulling these attributes together. Can you imagine all of these in one location? It would explode. You know, I mean, and on earth, in our limited way, we can't grasp this. But having the resurrected, incorruptible bodies of comprehension in glory, in the heavenly glory, we will see truly God's glory as well. 
Well, there is so much more that I want to say, but I see the amount of time, and I think that right now, this is enough for us to grasp in one of our sessions here. And so, I'm going to continue on in another podcast and talk more about this, but this will give you an idea. What is so important about this is this is the ultimate of mankind. When we, when we understand and celebrate God's glory, this is the ultimate destination of man's ministry, woman's ministry, the Christian, the believer's ministry, is God's glory. That is the ultimate. We're going to celebrate it. We're going to revel in it. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to sing about it. We will feast in its presence. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 14, the whole new earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. All of these attributes in one place, fantastic. No wonder we can hardly even imagine this, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. That eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of the man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And that includes the realization of God in his full glory. May we celebrate him today, because as it says in the model prayer for all of us to, the, the template of the great prayer, and it tells us when we talk about this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if in heaven his glory is celebrated, then this is one of our great, great ministries right now, is to celebrate his glory here on earth. Thank you so much. This is Brad Zockel, and this has been another Questions About Heaven podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, take a look at our brand new website. We're still building it right now. You'll see some of it um, not completed yet. Just be patient with us. But you'll go to theheaventour.com, T-H-E, theheaventour, T-O-U-R, dot com, C-O-M. And go there, learn, sign up for our upcoming newsletters and other information on there. I would love to be able to communicate with you. Thank you so much. God bless you. And Lord willing, until next time, uh, we will gather together back again here at Questions About Heaven. Uh, thankfully, that the Lord will bless you in this time between now and then. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.